good afternoon and welcome to the Crowded Booth. This is Bryce Kuhn alongside John Kuhn. The sunshine and birds are singing. It's a great day to talk about sports. Uh, don't forget if you want to catch any of our latest news or where we're going to be um, or how you can watch, it's going to be on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at the Crowded Booth. All right, today we're coming to you live from Phoenix City, Alabama. We're in the um, Giovanna's Restaurant. It's here on, um, located at 614 16th Street in Phoenix City, Alabama. Um, Giovanna's is a family cook-to-order restaurant. Our, their hours are Monday through Friday from 11.30 to 8, and they're open on Saturday, 12 to 8, closed on Sunday. Um, and something fascinating about Giovanna's, out of the 63 restaurants in the Phoenix City area, Giovanna's was no, voted number one and they are also voted the best pizzeria in Columbus and Phoenix City. Um, their food, some of the food that they're famous for, calzones, gyros, and Cubans. Uh, also great pizza. Uh, kind of like the stuff you would find like in Philly or Chicago or Miami. So uh, come on down when you can. Nelson and Jeanette Rodriguez are the owners of Giovanna's. Uh, it's a great place to eat. Like I say, it's open five days a week. Uh, well, Monday through Friday from 11.30 to 8, and on Saturday from 12 to 8. So now we're going to go into the uh, take two little segment that we're going to start. Yes, yeah, so we're going to have this take two segment where uh, John and I both take 60 seconds to review uh, what happened on Monday night. And if you don't know what happened Monday night, I don't know where you were. Uh, <laughs> the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl that we previewed last week, we're going to knock that out. So I'm going to take 60 seconds real quick and preview uh, the Rose Bowl. Um, if you can have one word, as I'm starting, uh, one word is going to be incredible. Possibly the greatest college football game I've ever been able to watch, ever been able to see, and especially the fact that it's a my hometown favorite team, Georgia, that is in the in the game, made it even better. Uh, one thing I did, the defense made adjustments. That was the one of the biggest things. Man. Baker Mayfield played like a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, I think they took the ball out of his hands there in the second half. They should have let him operate when you got that much time left. And, you have a lead, I think you should get Baker Mayfield on the ball and say, go win it for us. Right. Uh, but Georgia's defense did an incredible job, great job by um, Mel Tucker and Kirby Smart to get in halftime. They didn't do anything different, they just played great. And I think that's the story is they got some stops, came out of there, and special teams played well. Mm -hmm. um, Very well. As well as Lorenzo Carter standing at six foot seven, he was able to uh, block that field goal, the uh, kickoff, which we'll talk about later, where we have to snag and get some points. So great job by Georgia's defense of rallying around. And also, one final thing, Jake Fromm's poise. We yeah. knew the rushing attack was going to be great, but Jake Fromm going 20 for 29 with 210 yards and two touchdowns. That's phenomenal. Did, did what he had to do. All right, for my 60 seconds, I'm going to talk about Clemson and Alabama. Uh, what you can say about that is when you give Nick Saban that amount of time and Jeremy Pruitt that amount of time, and get some players healthy. Uh, the linebacker core was depleted when it played Auburn, um, and they got those guys back. The best thing that could happen to them probably was not to play in the SEC championship game. And they totally dialed it up to dominate Clemson's offense. Offense, they, they seemed like they were totally out of uh, rhythm. Nothing really worked, and it just seemed like it just cascaded from there. They'd make one mistake and almost get back in the game, and then you know, the big interception, pick six. Um, you know, what I think really happened is the the trenches were won by Alabama. They, re, like Nick Saban has been saying, they refound their identity. Uh, they knew that they were a team that could be 
powerful in the trenches, both on the defensive and offensive side of the ball. And the offense just got the push on what, what in the country people thought Clemson's defense was the best. Uh, so, you know, 24-6, they pretty much just kind of they overtook them. Yeah, definitely. Clemson played a great game. I mean, Clemson had played great games all year, but really the offense looked just like nothing against that tough Alabama defense, which, like we said in the preview, that was going to be the story right. the, in the trenches, and that's kind of the story. And I was watching some last night is that's kind of the whole story of everything. It doesn't matter how flashy the quarterback play is, and especially for this next game. Uh, if you can't do whatever team wins the trenches, is definitely going to win with what could be a physical game. I think I remember Lou Holtz. You remember when he used to be on TV and he would talk about it all start, you know, you have the flashy quarterback and the wide receivers and the running backs, but they can't do anything if the guys up front, you know, if they don't do what they've got to do. So. Yeah, definitely. Before we get into the national championship game preview, just want to highlight two local guys yep. uh, from around this area. So, we, as we said before, we're in Phoenix City, Alabama today, and right across the river. Um, over at Brookstone High School in Columbus, where I went, I uh, went to school with uh, Prather Hudson, who made, who's playing at Georgia now. He's a sophomore there as a walk-on, but made an amazing tackle. And Scott Howard off Georgia's um, probably, the, just probably the best tackle. Yeah. And Scott Howard, uh, the voice of Georgia football, voice of Georgia sports, was able to um, capture that well when he said that Prather Hudson got a leg of lamb yep. on that guy. So, uh, which was honestly a big Huge. tackle yeah. to pin Oklahoma. Um, deep into their own territory. So nice little job there seeing a former teammate of mine and a good friend um, have his moment in the spotlight. And then on the other side, um, a little bit farther down the road uh, from Harris County High School where there have been a plethora of Division One football players. Right. Um, but Tate Crowder um, probably doesn't get as much notoriety. He's you know, moved from running back where Georgia's stacked Stack. to linebacker, which right. is where Georgia is stacked as well. Yep. But um, he's a key contributor on special teams. You see that a lot with Nick Saban-esque teams where they have some really good special teams players, and, and Georgia's starting to fill out that um, depth chart well on the special teams. But uh, that kickoff right before halftime, yeah. he was able. He was which, just which in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Which a lot of guys on ESPN have said, oh, it ricocheted off a player. But he reached out and snagged that ball on the 50 and went and had the um, awareness to go down right. with time. And so that was a very smart play. So, and real, real quick, I don't think that was much of a Oklahoma issue because if you do get the squib then it, it, it works but right the play by Tate Crowder who's a junior um, to get that down then Jake Fromm's you know quick out quick pass, out yep. the timeout by Kirby and then Rodrigo Blankenship which if you're watching any of the major networks they are now in love they realize what we've been seeing for the past few years Trey Wingo just can't say enough yeah, about Trey him. Trey Wingo couldn't say enough about him on uh, Wingo and Golic. Um, but yeah, that, so that was definitely cool to see those two local guys making a big impact um, on a national stage, which I'm pretty sure they all dreamed of playing in a, oh, yeah. a game like the Rose Bowl one day. So that was really cool to see those local guys. I just want to give a shout out to both Tate Crowder and Prather. Right. Um, so as we get into the national championship game preview, uh, probably better known as the SEC championship game 2.0. If you've already bought your Georgia 2017 SEC Championship shirt and Georgia does not come out victorious, you might not want that shirt anymore. Because <laughs> uh, you know the Alabama fans are definitely um, excited about this one. They did not get the chance even after a tough loss to Auburn. Um, but probably they're, ex they're definitely excited to get to play Georgia and not only see who's going to win the national championship but that SEC crown, de facto SEC crown as well. Um, I think it's going to be, like I said, you know, 
the Alabama Clemson game, we said that was going to be a very physical game, and for the most part it was, but it was Alabama dominating more physically than Clemson. Right. I think this one is going to be a very physical game. All the storylines surrounding Alabama, the juggernaut, at Georgia, the, not necessarily a newcomer, but a newcomer of this amount of you know, greatness magnitude, and power. Yeah. This magnitude. They've always been a successful program. Uh, but they've definitely taken the next step under Kirby Smart, who was under Nick Saban. So that battle of you know Saban versus hit one of his assistants, which he's thoroughly dominated. We'll get that to a little bit later on. Right. So many storylines in this game, and we talked about. I think it's going to dominate in the trenches, but it's definitely an exciting game for um, SEC fans, Alabama, Georgia fans. I don't know how everyone else in the nation feels about it, but. If you take aside the SEC effect that everyone, you know, they say they have this SEC fatigue, well, it's just because the SEC is that good. And and one thing I well, want to say on that, not trying to get too sidetracked, is I uh, was listening to, I think it was Colin Cowherd the other day, and he was saying he still feels that the Big Ten is a better conference overall, which from top to bottom, from top to maybe. bottom, yes, they, they most likely are. They probably have stronger teams in that 6 to 10 range of their rankings where you know, he said it makes perfect sense. The and SEC is more top-heavy. Yeah, they kind of proved out in the in the bowl games. Oh yeah, and then you know the Big Ten played very well yeah. in the bowl, bowl games. So, but they definitely that's um something to keep an eye on is that storyline. An all SEC champ, uh, national championship game, the second one I think in seven years. Where you go back to LSU and Alabama. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and Alabama dominated that one. Defense was the name of the game. LSU, zero points. I don't think LSU got past the 50-yard line. Uh, I don't game. think so they did. Alabama's known for, known for this, and it's cool to see Georgia um, in this position after a whirlwind of a game in Pasadena um, and having to fly all the way back. I don't think they got back to like 3 or 4 in the morning and then had to get back to Athens probably around 4 or 5. So definitely it's going to be an interesting game, I think. A lot of the storylines you have, um, the first off is Saban versus Kirby Smart. That's going to yep. be the biggest one if you're going to watch ESPN, Fox Sports, it doesn't matter what you're going to be watching. Um, that's going to be the biggest storyline for the entire thing. I think these two teams know more about each other than any two teams in the country, but they've never, they haven't played each other. Yeah, they've only played each other, I think, the last time down there, uh, 2015, uh -huh. when they came to Athens and you know, dismantled a yep. Georgia team. I, I think thirty-eight to in 10. the middle of Nick Chubb's streak, and I think it was the only highlight of the day. His long touchdown, long touchdown. Run, which he had so many consecutive uh, hundred yards two years yeah. ago. And then obviously, uh, if you're a Georgia one, it's going to be a painful memory for Alabama. It's going to be a great memory. Twenty twelve, my de facto national championship game for yes. the Alabama Georgia SEC championship game, where uh, Aaron Murray threw the pass, and I think it was. Uh, Chris Conley, I think, ends up catching the ball. But a couple of yards short. A couple yards short as time expires. So these games have, you know, huge magnitude meaning. I know the Alabama-Georgia matchup was a top ten matchup. So once again, these two teams battling for the national championship. Uh, but like you said, not a lot. They have a lot of familiarity, both set up the same way. You know, Kirby Smart brought his – pretty much brought the same mentality. He wanted to instill that. It's completely changed the culture of the program there oh, in yeah. Georgia. Um, and it's you know everyone's like we want to be the Alabama of the East. Well, I think uh, Georgia's going to do that. And what better way to declare yourself that than beating that same team? All right. Uh, you know, like you said, you look at uh, Saban's record against his former assistants, uh, eleven and zero. He's beat um, I think it's five, six coaches that are now um, at. Um, other teams or not, some of them are not even in other some teams anymore. Have, have a job and uh, probably because Saban beat them. And another thing too, you know, it's so much crossover here. You know, like Kirby was at Alabama, now he's at Georgia. But then you have 
Alabama's current defensive coordinator. Also Tennessee's head coach. Yeah, and used to be at Georgia. So there's so many, like we say, there's so many similarities um, between these or, or guys that seem like they have been either one place or another. Well, you definitely take that as well. You look at not only the coaches but the players. Man. Yeah. The states are right next to each other. You've got a lot of guys playing. When Kirby was there, Al University of Alabama did a great job of stealing recruits from Mark Rick and his staff from yeah. the state of Georgia. One thing you've seen, and this is, you know, a way to talk about recruiting, but Kirby Smart is really locked down the state of Georgia, grabbing the keeping those guys and then making them come at home. And so you got a lot of guys that Because Wedding Fromm was supposed to go to yeah, Alabama. Fromm was committed to Alabama and then when Smart came over, Smart was he was one of the first guys that Smart wanted to kept going after and was able to secure his uh, yeah. commitment. But yeah, definitely these guys have played each other in, in you know the, the Alabama Georgia game they play over here for high school seniors right um, so these guys are have a familiarity some of them might have played you know rival high schools together so I think that school is a national championship because you usually don't you don't get that you know you have Alabama and Georgia and sometimes it's you know maybe a big team team not a lot of familiarity between but definitely two teams have similar style of play right uh, you get into what they're going to try to do we know we know this is the thing we know Georgia's going to try to run the ball they have, uh, I was reading some last night, they have a you know, traditionally undersized offensive line. Mm-hmm. Those guys have done a great job. Very physical. Uh, for very, a debate. Yeah. very physical for an undersized. And I think we saw that um, after the Auburn game, putting Ben Cleveland in, who is not right. undersized at all. No. He's, standing, he's up uh, goes about 340, man. isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's a massive man. And uh, student there putting him at right guard. And I think that's made a big difference. Uh, he's a you know, redshirt freshman or a sophomore. I think he's a redshirt freshman. And then Andrew Thomas, the right tackle. They've done a great job. Yeah. They did a really good a true job freshman, in the Oklahoma game. Yeah. He's a true freshman right tackle. He's now, done a great job. Of course, Oklahoma's defensive line is not Alabama's defensive mm, yes. line. Uh, so I do not think Georgia will be running for 350 yards. No. That's, I think I, – I don't, I don't see well, – you, you never know. I mean, they did break off a, a long run against Auburn. But I think at that time – Auburn's defense was pretty much depleted, and that was toward the end of the SEC championship game. And that was game. also a fresh running back. Yeah, fresh running up. back. I don't think you'll see Michelle and uh, Chubb breaking that long 75-yard run like they did in the Rose Bowl. I mean, they had two drives or two plays. Yeah, two drives. I think it was Sony's 75 run, and then Chubb, who 50 or 40. Around, like that Marshawn Lynch run in the playoffs yes. versus the Saints, I think. Uh, someone put it out on Twitter, and that was mini beast mode right there. As he broke three tackles on his way. But I think if Georgia, again, you know, what's the storyline? And like we said before, it's going to be in the trenches. Who can push who off the ball? And I, like I say, I don't think Georgia will have the long runs. Those big ones, they may have, you know, seven, eight, ten, twelve yard runs. Yeah. But Georgia, like you say, it's a two-headed monster. It's a running team, and this is what's so neat to me. Those guys are so unselfish, and now even at the 15th game of the year, you know they're still in pretty good shape. I mean, they're they're really not nicked up. Yeah, Georgia doesn't have a lot of injuries. I mean, you go on the other side, Alabama, their defense definitely. I mean, you know, we've always said Alabama's two deep depth chart is all five stars. Right. They, they've got the talent there. Yeah, any second stringer at Alabama can play anywhere else <laughs> anywhere, in the country. Anywhere else and start and be a, a, and star a starter. There. So I think that uh, that's one thing. Like I said, Nick Chubb. He's been really fully healthy all year. Yep. Sonny Michelle, I think he got nicked up in the SEC right. championship game, but nothing serious. And that did not show at all as he won the offensive MVP on That's right. Yeah. Um, for the Rose Bowl. One thing we didn't see a lot of that 
we didn't see a lot of DeAndre Swift. I think he had two carries, not really much of a factor. But I think that was just the result of Kirby Smart saying, hey, give it to the seniors and let's, yeah. let's win it with them. Yeah, because um, they, they're, they're going to carry the load gonna, for you. Yeah, they're definitely, I don't think it's any secret that they're going to carry the load. And then on the other side, uh, we're talking about this, the run game. You know, Georgia's had one of the top rushing attacks, if not the best rushing attack all year, I think. Saw a stat the other day it was uh, Sonny Michelle and Big Show combined for over 8,000 yards in their career. That's is, a record. That's a, that's a college football record for right. the best duo. So that surpassed. Be um, who are the guys from SMU a long time ago? Oh, that was Eric Dickerson and Craig. Craig? Yes. 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 So he, they surpassed them. So become one of the best rushing running back duos, the best running back duo in college football history. Right. Um, but on the other side of the ball. You see a guy that dominated the – we talked about this in the preview, the pregame for the Sugar Bowl, Bo Scarborough. He, he's massive. He can run through the trenches. I don't know if he's nicked up. He didn't get a lot of carries. We saw, like you said, I think yeah. Damian Harris had – 19 carries. 19 carries, the most in his career. Right. He's a talented back as well, and I, I know they got a, a three and a four that could start – You know, I remember in, in the Sugar Bowl, they made a comment about when they got down close and they kept Harris in to run the ball. It made sense what they said because he was talking about it takes Scarbo a little bit to get going. Yeah. Where Harris is like almost full speed as soon as he, he takes off. Yeah. Scarbo, I think he, we saw a couple runs against when they played Washington. That was the ones I was referring to in the right. pregame. When he was playing Washington, you saw him, he would get going two to three yards. And once he got going, I mean, he's a freight train. He's, yeah. he's a massive running back. Can you imagine him and Roquan running into each other at full speed? That, yeah, I, that's 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 one of the exciting things. You know, the both of these teams were top five in scoring defenses. Yep. I mean, this is – it's not going to be – I mean, I would be shocked. I, I said this about the Oklahoma game. If Oklahoma, if it's a shootout, Oklahoma's going to win. Mm -hmm. I didn't think Georgia had the offensive firepower to do it. And credit to Jim Chaney for staying with the run game and saying they can't stop our run game. Don't yeah. freak out and pass. But Jake Fromm played – He like we said, he's no longer a freshman. That no. game uh, solidified he, he, right. him as a bona fide – I think he's a star in the SEC, a star to come in the SEC, and, and not because he's going to go out there and throw for 400 yards. I mean, Baker Mayfield won a Heisman because he does that. That's not how Jake Fromm is wired. Jake, Jake Fromm, you know, you got Kirby here, and what did it, Kirby, when he was at Alabama, what did he learn from Nick Saban? You got to have a quarterback that can manage the game, not make any mistakes, because when you make mistakes, you're almost giving points to the other team and taking them away, of course, taking them away from you. You know, like um, Alabama's championship runs they always had the quarterback mm -hmm. you know maybe he threw for 180 to 225 yards but you didn't ask him to no throw for 400 yeah. you know he didn't have to sling it around the field 40 times um, so they're a lot alike maybe Alabama's Hurts is a little bit better runner than Jake yeah but you know I think I mentioned this when we talked about the Rose Bowl you know don't count Jake out I mean the dude when he has to uh, he can run. He can pull it. He'll, he'll pull it from the, the I mean, what's normally a zone read play, and he'll pull it. And that, those defensive ends, you, they've got to respect Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle yeah. because they're talented. Right. Um, very talented. I think they average, they average nine yards per carry against Oklahoma. That's not going to happen. I mean, I would be very shocked if Georgia goes in there and runs for 350 yards. If they, if they, if they cut that in half and, that's Georgia, that's, and Georgia runs for four or five yards per that's great against the Alabama defense. I think they held Clemson to 1.9 yards. Yeah, Clemson was 
I think something on social media said the reason they won is because Deshaun Watson showed up. He was on the sideline for the game that nothing, none of the mojo was right for Clemson for that game. Is but yeah, their run game was stifled by that dominant. Uh, I saw a stat where the the first time they played Alabama, they, the total yards were over 500. The second time it was over 500. This time it was under 200 for the total yards. Um, for Alabama's defense to just completely shut them down, I think. And I think that goes in, you're talking about Jake Fromm and hit the poise he showed. Uh, if you watched it, I mean, you look at his stat sheet, no mistakes, 20 for 29, 210 yards, I think, I think it was, and two touchdowns. That is that, that's about. all that Kirby Smart wanted. Yeah. I mean, that's probably better than they thought he performed. I mean, Oklahoma's not known for uh, ball hawking, get after the guy defense. They're, they they kind of sat back and they were like, Forcing him to make a decision, and he made those decisions. I mean, right. that touchdown pass to Javon Wims. Yes, that was a beautiful ball, and even a better catch by Javon Wims. Uh, I think the worst ball he threw all night was probably the last pass he threw when he tried to hit uh, uh, the tight end over the middle. Isaac, no, it was just yeah. a little. I mean, it was kind still of behind him. Ball, but that was probably the worst one. So I think, and you go into that, you talk about Jalen Hurts on the other team. And most Georgia fans, I feel like you could ever say, "Well, we just stopped Baker Mayfield. We could stop Jalen Hurts." Jalen, I mean, Baker Mayfield, I, I, I don't think he – he definitely didn't play his best game. Um, he, he did what he had to do the first half, but the second half, um, they they figured him out. I guess I guess the defensive line just kind of kept him corralled so that he didn't make no make any big runs and, and held their gaps. And then, you know, Roquan or the other linebackers just kind of flowed to wherever he was. And I think that's one thing we saw um, – we're probably going to see with Jalen Hurts when he's in the pocket because he can hurt you with his legs, and they kind of just contain those defensive ends. Bellamy and Carter are very—I think they were talented enough and knew they could get past their man, but they elected to contain him and say, "We're right. just going to hold you right here." Yeah, because if you run, if you get those defensive ends too far upfield, then you open yourself up to that hole right there in between the tackles and guards that little quarterbacks like. To me, Mayfield is a real quick, jerky type runner. And Jalen is like a you, running back. You, well, you can't. He has such long strides. You don't think he's really running that fast, but he's covering a lot of ground yeah. in a short amount of time. Um, I equate it to more of like looking bigger than Johnny Manziel. Yes. It's kind of a herky jerky. I'm going to just keep it baiting you yeah. and while run. Well, Jalen Hurts is a smooth runner, and that's one thing they're going to watch out. I think. I think that they're going to try to do some read option plays. I mean, with uh, Hurts, we didn't see a lot of Baker Mayfield just design run plays. I think they had one quarterback draw like a counter with the quarterback, and he got like 20 something yeah. yards, which worked. Um, but I think that definitely if Georgia is able to contain, that's going to do a lot and make Hurts throw the ball. Probably a better runner than he is uh, as a passer. I would say so. Uh, but, but forcing him to throw the ball gives your defense a chance. And right. it gives them a, a chance. The secondary played very well. Now, you're probably thinking there, well, the Georgia defense, this Georgia defense gave up 48 points. Well, that was to the number one offense in the nation. And over 500 yards. Uh, and over 500 yards. So you're probably saying, well, why should it? I think Alabama's going to be completely, their styles are so different. Alabama's not, Hurts is not going to come out there and throw for 400 yards. They're not going to sit back in the pocket and put in the shotgun and say, all right, good. Now, do they probably have a better receiving core? I think maybe Oklahoma's more balanced. But Calvin Ridley is probably one of the top five receivers in the college football. Right. And I definitely have to key in on that. And I don't know who's going to guard him for Georgia. I don't know if they're going to try to do man on man on him. I know that uh, one thing Georgia did and it'd be interesting. They went man almost the entire second half. Mm -hmm. And Baker, number eighteen, played really good. 
on, he probably had Lamb number, it was Lamb number five? Yes. He probably stayed with him most of that second half. And one thing I think also to keep an eye on is Damian Harrison's ability to catch the ball out of the backfield because we saw that did bite Georgia with the, the fullback. Uh, I can't right. remember his name. Number 36. Yeah. He had a, a t beautiful touchdown catch, but was scorching us on the first drive. Oh, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see if Alabama say, hey, if we can get Harris you know, out there in the backfield or run some underneath screens to see if we can get this Georgia defense on its heels early. And that's what, because that's what Oklahoma did. Uh, but yeah, definitely the quarterback play. Which one's going to manage the game better? Is Jake Fromm going to have another performance like that where he's poised? I mean, this defensive line is going to get uh, as good as Georgia's offensive line has played all year. This defensive line is going to get what get theirs. Yeah, they're they're going to get some pressure on them. They're going to get some sacks on them. Is it going to be like you know, we, we we keep comparing this? Is it going to be like the Auburn game in November at Jordan Hare where? The crowd was rocking, and you know they. It seemed like every play was a loss of three or four because he got sacked so many times. Was right. it going to be where Auburn's defense couldn't do much against? Um, you know, offense? another thing with Fitzpatrick, your best defensive player in the country. I think it's going to. You know, when Georgia started out against Oklahoma, it was uh, little, maybe two, three step drops, and he was hitting um, whims out there you know, for a five or six yard little out, um, little short right. I don't think they're as good as Fitzpatrick is. So, no. and I'm sure that they're going to put him on Georgia's best receiver. Which will probably be on Wims. Yeah. Has so knack for getting the ball. That little short, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he jumped that route at the very beginning of the game because he's thinking they're going to try to start and do that stuff again. To establish. To establish and get Jake comfortable because um, you know when he played when they played Oklahoma that was a, a first down just like for the whole first half that was kind of like his you know he his was just right? yeah he was yeah. just getting it out there really quick for a seven eight nine yard game yeah and a player like Mika Fitzpatrick who has been you know, we talked we said it before his coming out game was that 2015 game versus Georgia where I think he had a scoop and score maybe a pick six um I think for him personally he's going to be able to say make a vision you know, he's talented enough, and I know that Nick Saban, their defense, have proven trust him enough. If he thinks he can jump that route, he's going to go for it. He's the kind of player that can adjust if he's wrong. And they, and they probably have the backup, the, the safeties behind him that can cover if he does make a mistake. You know, if he goes and tries to jump that route and he misses it and Wims catches it. Probably not going to go much farther. He's not, yeah, I mean, he might, you know, go ten, five or six yards more before that safety's probably going to be right on him. Yeah, definitely that's a storyline. Mika Fitzpatrick, yeah, that's a whole other one. Fitzpatrick versus Raquan Smith. Who's going to be, I mean, a lot of people like Raquan Smith's the best player. A lot of people think Mika Fitzpatrick is going to be decided there on the field. Uh, too bad they can't go head-to-head -head yeah. each other. I mean, Raquan, like they say, I mean, you watch the, the Rose Bowl game, and uh, Herb Street was talking about this, how Raquan not quite in sync uh, the first half. It seemed like, to me, when the game started, it was like all these bright lights. Hey, we're out here in Pasadena. Um, you know, it's the Rose Bowl. We haven't been out here in 70 years. And it seemed to me that they were just kind of like a little bit in awe. And, and Oklahoma started that fast pace. And Georgia's defense was on their heels. Uh, they, they, were, they were just skating. I don't really think at halftime they changed much. Uh, they just got after it a little bit more. And Roquan just took it up to the next level. I mean... I mean, there was no getting away from him. Um, I mean, you saw his pursuit of Baker Mayfield, and, and Mayfield was 
I did not know he was as strong, but there one place that got to me with Raquan had him. Yeah. And he was able to shed the tackle, but Raquan did enough to gain tackle. And I think that's one thing that's going to be important. Um, if he Hertz, misses. With Hurts. And one thing I said, I said at halftime, I was like, they're gonna, if they're going to tackle, they're going to have to have hats on the ball and multiple guys. Because we saw with Oklahoma, when Chubb and Michelle broke tackles, you can't just go high on a guy like that. No. They're not going to be able to go high on Bo Scarborough and get away with it. Now, no. the running back from Oklahoma, Anderson, played a phenomenal game. I don't know why. I mean, that's going to be a whole other show. Why did they go away from him? Right. <laughs> you know, 200 yards. There, we could do a whole hour show on specific plays that did not make sense. And that's a, I even rewatched the Rose Bowl right after I watched it, and I was like I, – I, Some of those plays – Some I, of that's I, like – Yeah. It just kind of – you scratch your head and like, why didn't they keep doing that? Yeah, especially as a Georgia fan, seeing how they were beating, you know, yeah. beating us that bad. But I think, you know, Georgia's going to be disciplined in their tackling, which they've been all year, mm-hmm. except for that Auburn game. Right. They're going to have to wrap up on Harris and Scarborough. They're going to have to stay at home with Jalen Hurts um, and make sure that he doesn't make any crazy plays. Right. And then I think the, the last thing is Alabama's going to do the same. You know, yeah. they're going to have to not – be disciplined, and then you say that, and if you know the off chance that Nick Saban's watching this, he would say, "Do you really think I'm going to tell my guys hey, to go tackle high on Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle?" But those no. guys are talented enough that Nick Chubb is is going to break the tackles. Sony has loose neck; he's had a neck for running over people this year. But he can make guys look bad in the right. field. Right. And so staying at home, being disciplined defense, and I think it's just going to be. A, who it might whoever has the ball last, but maybe not in a 54-48 game. No, I don't think it'll be that high. Um, but yeah, the defense is. I think that's a good story. Which defense can come out on top? It's Georgia's offense versus Alabama's defense. Um, we know Georgia's defense is good. I don't. I think Georgia has the better offense, and I know that's probably going out on a limb saying that. I think that uh, you know, some people are predicting. I think Fromm right now is in a better position on a roll, probably better than Jalen Hurts. Hurts has been Hurts after a fantastic freshman season. Um, and, you know, we're saying this about a guy who's led his team to the national championship two straight years. Right. But uh, I think Hurts has been a little bit erratic this year. We've had some great games, and some games you're like, I don't know what in the world's going on. So, I think and, and But now, with him playing two games a week apart, he may not be as erratic. You know, that layoff of four weeks may have had a little bit to do with it. You know, because defenses on a long time off defenses can still be defenses. Yeah. But offense is it's about timing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You still have to be fresh. And when you're playing the scout team or whatever, I mean, it's, it's just not – you can't compare it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, we talked about you know, storylines, Kirby versus Nick. What's that going to be like? Two minds, the, the brainchild. We thought – I mean, I thought that even though Kirby was a Georgia guy, it seemed like for three straight years, oh, he's coming to Georgia, and he finally did. A lot of people, Alabama fans, thought he was going to be the – Know the heir to the throne in Tuscaloosa. What yeah. is? I mean, he. Whenever Saban decides he's just tired of winning, then Kirby's <laughs> going to take over. Um, I don't know how you get tired of that. <laughs> we talked about you know limiting turnovers. Georgia didn't have any. They or they had the one with Sonny Michelle in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. They were able to bounce back from, but forcing the Baker Mayfield. Which team can force the turnover, and which team can not allow? That's going to be a huge. That, I think so. I huge think battle. Um, yeah. We talked about Raquan and how he's going to play against Hurts. We saw him. he's had the challenge, and you know, they're going to be talking about. Oh well, he did Baker from Baker Mayfield. Like he played well against him. Well, now he's got to come back against another great quarterback, and that's just part of playing the playoff. And, and you know, he embraces the challenge. The guys like this love love the challenge of playing against the top competition. And one thing I saw about Raquan too, it's like he knows 
what's going to what's going to happen before it happens. You know, I, there were several times in that Rose Bowl game where defensive linemen were turning around looking at him, and he was like, "No, don't go there. Go here," or you know, "Move over here to this gap. Don't move to that gap." And then when they got into overtime and that little pass out to the flat to number 24, what's his name for Oklahoma, the running back? Yeah. If you watch it, Roquan is already leaning toward the line of scrimmage like a good linebacker ought to do. And as soon as he sees him go, I mean, as soon as he takes a step, he's gone. He can see the – he has a knack, and Minka Fitzpatrick has it too. They have These kind of guys have a knack for knowing where the ball is going to be before anyone else does. Right. Um, and, and all that is, I mean, that's just football smarts. That's uh, – A high football IQ. Right. right that, and, and, and doing things over and over and over again and watching your keys and picking up on stuff. So I think that's the big storyline is – Raquan, how's he going to play against them? And then, not to go on it for a very long as we're starting to wrap up here, but special teams. We talked about the play by you know Harris County, uh, former Harris County player, right. Tate Crowder. Um, I mean, that didn't ricochet. That was an amazing read. He saw it. And I'm, I'm sure Kirby said, watch out. Get yeah. ready for a, a – Anything. <laughs> You're right. He snags it. Um, one thing that's going to be Rodrigo Blankenship. He – he this missed the 48-yarder. You're like, oh, gosh, here we go. They're going to go back up again. Even Baker Mayfield, you know, throwing it out there saying it's game over. Yeah. Um, but then comes back. I mean, and I Sets was, a and I was Bowl record. It's 31-14. We get, you know, Georgia gets the ball. And he kicks the field goal. I mean, everyone's like, okay, it's 31-17. And, but Rodrigo is running around the field like it's Christmas morning. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guy is sitting there in his goggles and his mustache, and he's thrilled <laughs> that he just kicked a 55-yarder. But that was a huge turning point. Yeah. I mean, that sucked the wind out of Oklahoma right there for them to be able to. But so you, that's going to be you, a big thing, too. Yeah, you still didn't know. I mean, even those three points, Oklahoma's getting the ball the first part of the third quarter. I mean, you got to require a stop. You got to stop. To even be within seven. Right. But Kirk Herbstreit said this. Um, you know, 31 14, that sounds like, oh my gosh. That yeah, right. We got to score three times. 17. That's, Not a, quite that's, a, that's, a, that's a score, a stop, and a score. That's all that is. Right. You're, you're tied. And that's exactly what Georgia did. Um, they got, were able to get stops. So I think special teams are going to be key. No special teams, special teams mistakes. Georgia's special teams in the past years have been really nerve wracking. You're nervous. And in the football. Auburn game at, uh, at Auburn this year, that was, that was nerve wracking. So I think Kirby's going to have faith in Rodrigo because that was a big time moment. Also, to come back as he's only a sophomore and he was a walk, he's a walk on. I mean, he just received a scholarship a couple weeks ago. Right. He was able, I mean, at the beginning of the season, he was able to knock down field goals at a pretty tough angle in overtime that would have decided if Georgia goes to Atlanta. Has, right. I mean, Georgia was, honestly, Georgia was headed back to Atlanta regardless. Well, he does have a pretty good little coach over there on the sidelines, that former uh, Chicago Bear, Kevin Butler. Yeah, Kevin Butler, whose Who son. Hit, was a, the punter for Georgia a couple of years back. And who is famous for the 60-yard field goal against Clemson back in my day. And you're in your – yes. Yeah. So, I think that's going to be a big storyline. And then Alabama saw special teams. You know, Lincoln Fitzpatrick has been a return guy for right. Alabama. I wouldn't – those guys create space? That field position. Georgia's average in the second half where they started was the 41, their own 41. I mean, you're looking at 20, 30 yards to get into field, field goal range. range. Oklahoma's 17 yards. Yeah. You know, Al- Alabama, that they dominated because they were pinning Clemson so far back. And even when Alabama got far back, methodical drives to take the window of the sales. And then even Clemson, if they didn't score, they moved the the the, 
ball deeper back. You know, to when, when the score was ten to six, to, to me it felt like it was forty-two to nothing. That's mm -hmm. just how Alabama plays. They did that, and they've done that all year. Mm -hmm. Georgia has. Someone said that Georgia's probably the most consistent team all year. I mean, except for the one game against Auburn, <laughs> and we keep talking about that. I mean, yeah. they just got the. We're giving you a shout-out, Auburn fans. Auburn. I mean, yeah. And, you know, Auburn fans are probably mad as well. They beat both these teams. Then, uh, but we beat you once. But we, yeah, Georgia beat you once, and I, I can't speak for Alabama. Yeah. But I think that that's going to be big, especially as where they start, because when Alabama had those that long – I remember they had one – it was about a 95-yard drive against Clemson. And then Clemson's defense is just wore out. And then – Jordan, they pin them down within their own 20. And Clemson's mm -hmm. like, we're only down 10 to 6, but it feels like it's 42 to yeah. 9. And that's what Alabama, they wear you down to in the, on the scoreboard, it's 10 to 6, 7 to nothing. But you're like, if we don't score here, the game's over. And that's exactly what happens. They really didn't have this offensive onslaught that you're like, oh my gosh, Jordan put up 54 points. I mean, they only put up 24 points, but it it felt like it was 42 to 3. I mean, right. they just, that's, that's what Alabama can do to you with their methodical drives. And Even though you're very close, you, you look over there and you're going, we can't get past these guys. <laughs> and I think special I mean, is going to set the tone. Yeah. Where, where does the field position start? Who can start a better field position? Uh, the punting game. You get punters don't get talked about enough. And uh, George you know, punters stepped in this year and had a really good uh, really good year, and so has J.K. Scott for Alabama. So, Rodrigo, normally I notice this. He kicks it out of the end zone, but did you notice how many times he kicked it short that they could get it and take off running and to return the kickoff, and they wouldn't even even make it to the 25-yard line? Yeah, and that's something the, that's, the, you're playing with chance there when you're right. doing it. Right. Georgia's I mean, they covered them like a blanket. I mean, they—I don't think they ever got it past the 25-yard line when they returned it. You know, that's stuff that they work on in the summer, uh -huh. and you know, just shells, helmets, and in shorts, they're working on uh, kick coverage, punt uh -huh. coverage. And Georgia did a great job of that. Alabama did a great job of that. Both these teams are so well disciplined. They got five stars littered all over the field. I mean, I remember when. You know, Alabama's playing. Y'all might remember, you, you definitely remember Reuben Foster, who right. played at Auburn High School not too far away from here. I mean, for his first two years of his, his Alabama career, he was on kickoff. Right. I mean, and, and wasn't even a starter. And lit guys up. That's just the talent these guys have. And, yeah. and the know it all saying they just want to be a part of it. And special teams are definitely going to set the tone. Uh, but as we wrap up here, uh, the last thing I want to say, and we'll try to, this is probably one of the biggest storylines, I'll try to keep it short, is there an effect on Georgia? after playing a very emotional double overtime game. And before I put it to you to see what you think, Alabama relatively after the first half cruised, cruised to a victory. I mean, it was 24-6, which is not a very wide margin of victory. But against but Alabama, they, it but is. They cruised, they cruised there. Georgia had laid everything out of the field, as they as they should have. I mean, had to. Had to. Had to come back from that. 24 unanswered points. Uh, dealing with the trauma. But also, Alabama had a flight to New Orleans, gets to come back. Kirk Herbstreit said it best. It's like Alabama played against LSU and comes back. Mm -hmm. Physical game. Comes we back went to Atlanta. Georgia pretty much played. Like, and if it's USC. a regular season, because it's only with a USC, UCLA, and then it's got to get all the way back and get ready for another national championship. Now, do I think the question – I think I heard this as well. Well, is Georgia going to be able to get up for it? If you don't think Georgia's going to be able to get up for the national championship, because this is your goal in summer and spring workouts, I think they're going to be fine, but definitely – it's something to look at. Is how does that take them out emotionally? Not a lot of injuries, though. As Alabama suffered some injuries. I think it's Jennings. Jennings he's is out, out. The rest of the year. He had, had surgery, surgery today or yesterday. Yesterday, and so he's done for the year. So that'll be something to look forward, uh, look in the future too, to see how they're going to feel. Which they'll probably just throw another five star in there, as Nick yeah. Saban always does. 
Um, but yeah, what does is there an effect on Georgia having played an emotional game, um, given all they had, and then traveling all the way back? I read somewhere um, where I think Kirby even addressed that in the locker room after the game was over. He was telling his kids, "Don't exert any more energy, or you know, than you have to, you know, because we've got to go back. We've got to get focused. Because in seven days, six days." You know, we're playing for the national championship, and there's there can be no excuses. You can't say, you know, if Alabama comes in there and beats Georgia 31 to 10, you don't want to or or even if it's close, like 21 to 20, you can't say, hey, well, we spent so much energy out there in California that we could. This is the national championship game. You don't know when you will make it back there. You know, like Clemson. Clemson's number one team in the country. They were probably thinking, hey, we beat Alabama round three. We're right back where we're – but, hey, they got beat. They're not there. They're not playing for the national championship again. And this is also – I mean, I know Georgia's in the SEC, so definitely Georgia hears about all the time. This is Alabama. This is Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we're in the state of Alabama. I might step to Possibly <laughs> the greatest coach of all time. You know, Bear Bryant's rolling over in his grave right now, and people are running up to the restaurant right now to come get me. But I think that – the, the, the lore of this, I mean, the storylines we talked about, Alabama, Kirby versus Nick. Can Kirby become the first coach ever, this coach under Nick, to win a game? And it's almost game, like a, a game to win it, a national title. Yeah. Um, but you're playing Alabama. But everyone's like, oh, the SEC's not that good. It's just Alabama. Well, Georgia's out here proving, no, we're, we're there too. Yeah. I know Auburn lost their bowl game, but if, at, the, at the peak when they were playing their best, if you take Auburn, Alabama, and Georgia – I would put them against any team in the country, any team. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think um, it's, it's um, like you say, Kirby going to be the first one to it, – it's almost like a David and Goliath type thing. Georgia's David, Alabama's the Goliath. And you got to knock them off the perch if you want to be the man. So. And, and I'll tell you what, I think Georgia wanted to play out of it. They yeah. like playing. I mean, Georgia Clemson. That's an old school rivalry right. that they would have loved to play. But Georgia wanted. They wanted to chase Alabama because they didn't want Alabama to sit there and think that. Oh, even though we didn't get a play for the so this is going to be it. And so uh, moving into the last part here, the picks and who is your player? Uh, you know, I've gone. I want to say I was half right in the pick. I picked Clemson to beat Alabama, but I was half right because I picked the Alabama offensive line to be the difference maker, and they were. Um, I think this is a low-scoring game. I think it's a physical game. I think it's, you know, you may be dragging bodies off of the field after this thing's over to me. I'm picking, you know, I'm a red and black guy. I'm a, I'm a dog fan, so I can't go against the dogs. I think it's going to be close. I think there's going to be field goals involved, like you say. Um, I'm picking Georgia 23 to 20 to win it. To win 33 to 20? 23 to 20. Oh, 23 to 20. Okay. Uh, and then who's your player? Who's your, your group? I mean, you had a group last time. You know, it, there's obvious ones there. Do you pick the obvious ones or do you go with somebody that nobody's really thinking about? It's three players to me. I, I, I saw on the sidelines, I don't know if people caught this. I think it may have been during the overtime part, I think it was I think it was between the first and second overtime, and Kirby had Roquan, uh, Michelle, 
and Chubb. Talking to right him. Right there. Those are my three. Those are my three players. Yeah. Roquan's going to the pros. I mean, he's a junior, but he's going. You know, he's going to the pros. I mean, he's a surefire. He's a sure top fifteen. Oh yeah. And those two running backs. You know, I, you know, they may not be the most dynamic runners or the big name runners, but when they make it to the NFL, you'll have no problem with those two guys doing their job. So those are my three. Uh, you know, will both runners get over 100 yards? I don't. I don't know. They may combine for 150, 180. But yeah, those are my three guys. Well. I picked Alabama to win the Sugar Bowl, and I picked Georgia to win the Rose Bowl. So I was – you said you were half right. I was completely right. Yes, you were so two for two. I was completely right. I was two for two on that. And I think – first off, I'm going to say my, my player, I think it's going to come down to which defense makes the biggest play, and then I think that puts you in the position of passers, that defensive line for Alabama um, with hand and pain in there. I mean, we saw the big, the big guys up front <laughs> making some plays, uh, getting the – the interception, and then they put him in on offense, yeah, and, and he scores got a touchdown. 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 He said he has golden hands, so I think that's going to be huge. How do they? How can Georgia's offensive line? I think that's mine. You picked Clemson's offensive line. I think last no, year. Alabama's, Alabama's offensive line. Offensive line yeah. I'm going to pick Georgia's offensive line. How can and specifically the right side? Redshirt freshman and Ben Cleveland, true freshman and Andrew Thomas. He just got done playing against Oklahoma. Oklahoma's defense is not Alabama's, right. but it's a big time situation. Now you're in the the biggest game of your career to this point. Mm-hmm. You're in the biggest stage that you'll one of the biggest biggest stage you'll ever be the on. The president may be there. The, yes, the much what yes, the president will be there. Everyone's gonna be watching. How do you perform against the best of the best? Right. So how my, my two guys are Ben Cleveland and Andrew Thomas. How does that right side of the offense line protect me? And then my third guy, you said you had three guys, I'm gonna take three of them. Mine is Jake Fromm. I think Georgia's rushing game is going to get, get, get not 350 yards, no. probably closer to 200. 250, think, maybe. 250, something like that. But how does um, Georgia's, how does Jake Fromm do? Probably going to have to make more plays mm-hmm. than he did. The biggest play he made Maybe was with his feet. Maybe with his feet. And he did that and arm on one play that stood out to me in Oklahoma. He evades a would-be tackler. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of moves around him yeah. and then moves up in the pocket and dumps off to Sunday Shell, which was like a second and 12, I think it was, ends up turning first down and leading Georgia to that game time drive there at the end of regulation. Right. So that's my three guys. My prediction, I'm going to stay, you know, I, I, I'm, I can sit here and say that and be the, you know, the, the anti-person and say, I'm just going to be objective and say that I think Alabama's going to win. Al, I mean, it is, to me, if Alabama opens up as a four-point spread, it, it'll probably get closer come Sunday afternoon. Right. I think Georgia's going to come out victorious. And I think one thing, you never want to go off emotion and this idea of destiny, but, like, Oklahoma had that game. They should have won. And somehow Georgia fought back. And that's something I've never seen out of a Georgia team. I mean, I was fully expecting for them to not not fold, but just not be able to – or go to some wacky thing. I think if Jim Chaney stays true to the play calling and said we're going to be true to who we are and not not try to sit there and hear it out, I think Georgia's got a real good shot. And I think this Georgia defense has answered every single challenge. The one that they didn't answer in the Auburn game, they answered. And they're not hurt. And they're they're not hurt. hurt. And I think the injuries are – even though Alabama is a good team, and they're going to be able to put in guys. I think the consistency of Georgia, I think consistency in the long run wins out. And Georgia's been consistent long enough. Alabama definitely silenced a lot of that. There is no question oh, yeah. that should have been the play. Oh, yeah. that, 
they proved that. And if, and, and, if, and if Georgia hadn't gotten to play Alabama in this national championship game, that would always be in the back of their mind. If they went, if they, if Georgia had to play Clemson and they beat Clemson, always in the back of their mind is, hey, we didn't beat Alabama, and that's who we probably, like you said, I think that's really who they wanted to play, because that's 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 the standard that you go by, and that's I mean, like I say, if you want to be the top dog, then you got to beat the top dog. So you pick twenty-three to twenty, yeah, by a field goal. I'm going to say the final score is uh, twenty-eight. I'm, yes, 28-27. I think Georgia's going to have to do something crazy to get a 25, and I think Rodrigo, the folklore hero, is going to come out there and kick a field goal because I'm telling you, there's no person more excited. If y'all could have seen his reaction, oh, yeah. if y'all saw his reaction, I mean, the guy, the teams that walk on the field like, okay, we're still down by 14, and Rodrigo's running around like a kid. I'm pretty sure Kermit Swan wants to say, hey, but it's, hey, it's, a, it's a Rose Bowl record, baby. It's a Rose Bowl record, 55 yards, but I think Georgia's going to take it home. Uh, right now, they look like that team of destiny. Yeah. You know, the last, this is the last thing we'll get to say before the game. And as I know we're going uh, a little bit longer here today, but it is a big game. All right. Um, we have been very fortunate. And, uh, they said this on some of the major networks. We've been very fortunate to have amazing sporting events over the past one year. Yeah. I mean, starting all the way back with, and this is getting to all sports, the Cubs won the World Series. Yep. The Astros World Series run last year. Yep. Dare I say it, the Super Bowl last year that uh -huh. I still don't acknowledge exists. Um, that game in February last year. Um, yes. But that one, I mean, regardless, that's a great game. The Alabama Clemson game, the first one. Alabama Clemson last year. And now this one. Just some great sporting events. And I think it's going to be one for the ages. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it'll top the Rose Bowl, but it's definitely going to be a great game. Yeah, it'll be hard to do. But, yeah, that's all the time we have for today. Hey, let's, let's run a um, – yeah, definitely. We'll, yeah. we're, thanks once again to Giovanna's for letting us come here and get a show. Make sure to visit the number one rated pizzeria in the Bay City, Columbus, Phoenix City area. And I know That's we're right. about to get some good food yep. here in a second. But yes, make sure we do have our shirts. You can see right here the Crowded Booth t-shirts, uh, $10 a piece. Make sure to email us at thecrowdedbooth.gmail.com or just go ahead and comment on any of our stuff on uh, social media. That's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, we want to get a shout out to people who have already ordered. We have Will from Columbus, Georgia. He's got a shirt coming to him. That's Jeff from Talbot County, Georgia. And Jeff, that's just because we're sure not what city you live in. Uh, Cameron from Athens, Alabama. The wrong, Cameroon. The wrong Athens. That's I might right. say Cameron. Um, Donnie from Fontana, North Carolina was able to snag one. And then Mildred from Winter Park, Florida. Winter Park, Florida. So uh, all over the area, thanks for watching. We hope you tune in and definitely tune in Monday night at 8 p.m. Uh, thanks for this has been a crowded booth. Uh, and we've been pre previewing the national championship game. Uh, you all have a great afternoon. Thank you.